and welcome to another What's Up podcast. I'm Becca Martin-Brown, the Features Editor for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and I am excited to be joined on the phone today, because that's how we do everything, with Dr. Michael Pierce, who is Associate Professor of History at the University of Arkansas, and has a very cool project that we're going to talk about called the Nelson Hackett Project. Hi, Mike. Hey, how are you, Becca? Thanks for having me. I'm cold, how are you? <laughs> I'm cold also. Where'd you come here from? Um, I'm originally from Ohio. Um, oh, phew, you're I, not worried about the cold. I am not worried about the cold. Um, in fact, I, I broke out a parka that I haven't worn in years uh, today to walk to the university. And so I'm happy. Oh yeah, we only do this like once every 10 years, just so we remember <laughs> how. So. <laughs> So when you came to the University of Arkansas, I understand that you, your specialty was labor history. So yeah. how did you stumble into this particular brand story. of study, this story? Yeah, my, um, I'm originally um, a labor historian. Um, I, I have a PhD in modern U.S. history, um, and I specialize in looking at the way people work and the meanings that they derive from the work and how they collectively respond um, to working conditions. Um, and um, I came to the University of Arkansas um, with my um, wife, my spouse, and she's a Russian historian and she's a star. She's awesome. And she got a job teaching at the University of Arkansas, and I just came along with her. And the history department here put me to work doing what they needed done, and that was teaching Arkansas history, and that was helping um, out with editing the Arkansas Historical Quarterly. And it's one of those sort of career changes that is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Honestly, um, that's a job I've, I'd kill for. So uh, look over uh, your shoulder now. Yeah. And, and so um, now I, 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 I teach Arkansas history. Um, I teach the history of a state that I had been to one time before <laughs> I moved here. And, and, um, and I, my research is focused on Arkansas. And most of my research is, is focused on the era after World War II. And mm -hmm. that's, uh, I'm, I'm working on several projects there. But the Nelson Hackett project, um, I came across Nelson Hackett's story um, when I was teaching and, and coming up with material for the classroom. And um, in 1957, a, a man named Roman Zorn um, wrote an essay on Nelson Hackett. And Roman Zorn, is, uh, I think he was a Canadian, he's a diplomatic historian, and he wanted to use Hackett's story to talk about international diplomacy, about the relationship between the United States and the, um, the United Kingdom um, on issues of slavery in the 1840s. Um, but I was interested in Nelson Hackett's story because Nelson Hackett was an enslaved man here in Fayetteville. And he, in 1841, um, in July, um, left. He decided he no longer wanted to be an enslaved person. And he walks across the state of Missouri. He crosses um, the Mississippi River near Quincy, Illinois. Wow. Um, some 360 miles this enslaved man is traveling through another slave state. Um, and um, he crosses o the Mississippi River into Illinois. 
and then travels another 600 miles um, to Chatham, which is now in the province of Ontario. And Chatham's about 50 miles east of Detroit. Um, it's on that lower peninsula uh, of Ontario. And, and, you know, we don't know why um, Nelson Hackett chose to go to Chatham. Um, it could be that he knew uh, other enslaved people who had escaped to Chatham. There was a vibrant community of um, refugees from American slavery there. Um, or it could just be happenstance that um, Nelson Hackett made his way. Um, but why we know about Nelson Hackett is that um, the man who owns him or the man who um, the state of Arkansas says owned Nelson Hackett, um, a guy named Alfred Wallace. Alfred Wallace had Nelson Hackett tracked. Um, and, and Alfred Wallace found out Nelson Hackett's destination. And Alfred Wallace goes to Chatham and has Nelson Hackett arrested on charges of theft. Because on his way out of Fayetteville, allegedly, well, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, Nelson, ha he, Nelson Hackett took a, a horse and a saddle and a, a beaver coat, a, a hat, a watch and a gold chain. Um, and several of those items are, are, are recovered. Um, also, Alfred Wallace uh, alleges that um, Nelson, Nelson Hackett took $500 worth of gold and silver coin. Um, it, it, there's an interesting story there because Alfred Wallace was uh, uh, an officer in the Arkansas State Bank. Mm. Um, and the Arkansas State Bank was going belly up at that time. And lots of cash ended up missing. And it could be that Nelson Hackett's escape was related to that. But we don't know. Anyway, to get back to Nelson Hackett and Alfred Wallace, Wallace files um, papers to extradite um, Nelson Hackett back to Fayetteville to face charges uh, of theft. And um, the governor of Arkansas, Archibald Yale, becomes involved. He writes the governor of Canada demanding the extradition. Uh, the Washington County um, grand jury becomes involved. They actually have a bill of indictment against Alfred Wallace. Um, and, and so the Canadians, the, the governor of Canada has this question. What do we honor this extradition request? And the governor of Canada um, sends Nelson Hackett back to Arkansas to face charges. Um, and by sending Nelson Hackett back, Nelson Hackett becomes the first refugee from slavery that Canada returns to the United States to bondage. Um, Nelson Hackett's also the last of um, these escaped enslaved people that Canada returns. Um, and so Nelson Hackett um, is sent back um, to Arkansas to, to face charges. And we, we know he arrived back in Arkansas in the summer of 1842, mm -hmm. 
we know that when he arrived in Arkansas, he was um, whipped, beaten um, several times. Um, the, the accounts of those um, beatings are, are, are violent. Mm-hmm. They're disturbing. Uh, one account has him being um, whipped um, about 100 times, which oh, is, is enough to kill a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and after several whippings, um, Nelson Hackett was um, sold to Texas. Um, and, and, and selling an enslaved man with all of those um, scars from the beating is basically saying, here, buy this man from me. I'm going to sell him cheaply and you just work him to death. It, it is selling an enslaved man like Nelson Hackett is um, worse than an immediate death sentence. Man. And, and and there's evidence, though, and that on his way to Canada, I'm sorry, on his way to Texas, that Nelson Hackett escaped again. And the last information that we've found about the fate of Nelson Hackett is that he escaped and nobody knows where he is. And so on that front, there's at least a little bit of hope about Nelson Hackett. But this is where also where the story becomes even more interesting. Um, Abolitionists. Um, in the United States, abolitionists in Canada, abolitionists in the United Kingdom proper, um, both black abolitionists and white abolitionists became outraged that the governor of Canada returned Nelson Hackett to bondage in Arkansas. And these abolitionists knew that if Nelson Hackett's extradition was was allowed to stand, that slave owners throughout the American South would be making up charges of theft, using charges of theft as a pretext to secure the extradition of those enslaved people who had made it safely to Canada. And they realized if Nelson Hackett was allowed to set a precedent that there'd be no safety in Canada for American um, refugees from slavery Mm -hmm. from that point forward. And so these abolitionists, both black and white, launch a campaign to convince the British government to, to, to make such extraditions um, impossible. And they are largely successful. Um, within a year, the British Foreign Ministry, the, uh, the British Colonial Office, both put forward extradition procedures that make it almost impossible for England Uh, for the British Empire to return enslaved people back to the United States. And in this way, I mean, this is the greatest legacy of Nelson Hackett, is is that he put in motion the events that ensured that Canada would be a refuge 
for enslaved people seeking their freedom. So he left a huge legacy. Huge, absolutely huge. And, and, and for, the, for those of us in Arkansas um, who are trying to understand the, the, the coming of the Civil War, um, fugitivity is critical. Um, the sectional crisis, the, the, the increasing division um, between the, the free states of the North and the slave states of, of the South what was driven by two things. One is um, the issue of slavery in the West. And, and I think everyone in, in high school learns about the Missouri Compromise, the mm -hmm. Kansas-Nebraska Act, the Dred Scott decision. Mm -hmm. um, but the other driver of the sectional crisis is um, fugitives. Um, enslaved people escaping. And, um, and so if we look at the, the buildup of this sectional crisis, a lot of it has to do with um, escaped enslaved people um, who are hunted down in Ohio or Michigan mm -hmm. or Illinois. And, and, and this the conflicts over these escaped people really drove the sectional crisis and contributed to the rise, the coming of the American Civil War, which brought about ultimately the emancipation of slaves and the abolition of slavery in the United States. And so what I'm trying to suggest is, is that it's fugitives, it's um, enslaved people trying to escape to the north that put in motion many of the events that ended up with the American Civil War. And, and these, this type of escape from slavery um, was made possible by people like Nelson Hackett. Wow. Um, making Canada a refuge. Wow. And, and, and so understanding the, the story of this one enslaved man who lived in Fayetteville, Arkansas in 1841, and his decision in July of 1841 um, to seek his own freedom, to, to secure his own liberty, um, is, is critical for not only understanding what happens in Fayetteville or Northwest Arkansas, but what is under, what's going on in the entire Atlantic world. Wow. And, and, and so that's why this story is really, really important. And that's why um, historians and humanity scholars at the University of Arkansas want Nelson Hackett's story to be um, more broadly known. Okay, so um, if you're listening to this and you want to be involved in this project, is there something citizen historians can do to be involved well, in this? Well, it, the first thing they can do is they can go to the Nelson Hackett Project's website. And if you just Google Nelson Hackett Project, it will come up. 
um, and, and, and familiarize yourself with Hackett's story. Um, the, the website contains a, a narrative um, a, a, of Hackett's journey from Fayetteville to Canada and back. Um, and, and the website also contains um, primary documents. Mm-hmm. Um, there are documents from the Canadian government. There are letters from abolitionists. There's newspaper accounts. Um, and, and if you familiarize yourself with that um, and then start doing your own research, figuring out if there are more newspapers out there, if there are more county records. One of the, the, the things that we've done is we've, um, me and uh, some other members of the history department, we've gone over to um, the Washington County Archives. Um, Washington County is, um, what, what, um, the archives of Washington County are a gold mine for historians. Uh, the Washington County archives go back to, I think, 1828. Um, it's one of the earliest sets of county documents west of the Mississippi River. And they've been and, lovingly and, tended many years. I mean, I mean, and, and. <laughs> I mean, the, Tony Wapple mm-hmm. and the people over at the Washington County Archives are just phenomenal, phenomenal professionals. Um, and they've taken great care of those records. It's amazing that those records weren't destroyed during the Civil mm-hmm. War when Confederate troops set fire to Fayetteville. It, it's amazing that they've survived since the Civil War. But I mean, it's 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 just a treasure trove. Uh, but we've gone over there and we found, um, and you, you can see copies of them on the websites, um, the deeds of sale um, mm-hmm. uh, when Alfred Wallace bought Nelson Hackett, and you you can go over to the archives and and you can find the the court proceedings when Nelson Hackett is brought back and put on trial. And, and one of the things that people can do, um, and one of the things I, I think that, that is urgently needed is to get a, a more complete and broader picture of what um, slavery was like in Northwest Arkansas. And people can look at their own family records. They can go to um, the, the, the county courthouses and look at these records. And um, we, here, I, I'm going to say something that might not be um, make a lot of people happy, but um, people in Northwest Arkansas like to tell each other that slavery was much more benign up here in the upcountry than it was in say um, the Arkansas Delta or the Mississippi Delta. Um, but what Nelson Hackett shows and what going into the county archives and actually looking at the documents show is, is a picture of slavery in Northwest Arkansas that is anything but benign. Mm-hmm. It is violent. It is barbaric. 
Um, enslaved people are treated as property to be bought and sold as investments. Um, one of the, the things that uh, we've discovered by going through census documents is that in 1840, um, we, the, the, in 1840, like every 10 years, the federal government does a census. And um, if you look at the slave census of Fayetteville, um, Fayetteville is about 28% enslaved. They, there's a the higher percentage of, 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 of people are enslaved in Fayetteville than the rest of the state. Wow. But not only that, the enslaved people in, in, in Fayetteville tend to be much younger and the sex ratios overwhelmingly female. And one of the things that that tells historians, the pattern that we see in Fayetteville is that white slaveholders in Fayetteville were buying women to breed them, to have children that can be sold later. And nobody slaves wants to were, think that about Fayetteville. Slaves were investments, female slaves, young children. And, and, and so by looking at Nelson Hackett, and we can get a better picture of what slavery was like in the in the upcountry of Arkansas and and that in a, I, I guess is destroying lots and lots of the stories that we tell ourselves um, about the more benign nature of slavery um, in, in the Ozarks um, by looking at using Nelson Hackett but I, I think to get back to your larger story is what people can do is they can go into the Washington County Archive. They can go into the Benton County Archive or the Madison County Archive and try to figure out what slavery was like in Northwest Arkansas. And I, I, I think that is something, um, I think as a community, especially in the... Uh, given the, the events of the last summer, I, I think that's something we all, that, that would help the entire community. I guess that I have this great romantic dream that somebody will stumble onto something that would tell us for sure what happened to him and whether he had descendants and give him a, a face. Yeah, and you know, and, and I, I do too, and and part of me, um, and you know, this I have no evidence for this. It's just a historian's intuition. Um, I would like to think um, that he actually was um, freed by abolitionists um, when he was awaiting his return to Fayetteville. Um, abolitionist societies um, in Bristol and in Liverpool offered. Alfred Wallace, the man who owned Nelson Hackett, they offered to buy uh, Nelson Hackett. And uh, I'm kind of hoping that somehow they succeeded 
And this story of him escaping again is simply a ruse that allowed Alfred Wallace to, to sell Nelson Hackett to the abolitionists who would set him free. Is there, the, I, if you have the last name Hackett, is it worth tracing, if you know you have African-American branches in your family tree, is it worth trying to trace to him? You know, I, I have no idea. There are some expert genealogists out there and what how they've been able to shed light on American history is phenomenal. That'd be so cool and, to find his and, descendants. And, um, but, you know, but let's, uh, you know, what, what your question prompted in another avenue. We don't even know how he got his last name Hackett. Yeah. When um, in the documents that we found in the Washington County Archive, um, he's simply referred to as Nelson. Mm -hmm. um, when he gets to Canada, he starts using the last name Hackett. And, and we have no idea where that came from. Wow. And um, did he meet someone named Hackett on his way to Canada? Um, is Hackett a name that is from his, his past? Um, you know, Nelson Hackett, um, 1841, we know he left Fable on his way to Canada. He was 24 at the time. Um, and, and so he was born around 1817. He was born before Fayetteville became a town. Mm -hmm. And so like all of the adult enslaved people who were living in Fayetteville in 1840, he came from someplace else. Right. And, you know, if we knew where that was, that might offer us some clues to, you know, that name or why he was going to Chatham as opposed to some other place in Canada. Um, but, you know, these are things that as historians, we sort of, we, we want to find the answer to, but sometimes we have to live with never knowing. Well, if you are now as fascinated with Nelson Hackett as I am, <laughs> Dr. Pierce is going to speak on Wednesday virtually at the Shiloh Museum of Ozark History Sandwiched In program at noon. You'll be able to find that on their Facebook page and on YouTube. And thank you so much for giving him a voice. Even if we can't well, give him a face, at least you've given him a voice. Well, thank you for helping me and helping us all here at the University of Arkansas spread the word about Nelson Hackett. Uh, I, I think his story is so vital to understanding how we got to where we are in Northwest Arkansas. Thank you for your time. And please go and check out the story in today's What's Up, well, Sunday's What's Up, whenever you hear this, and check out his lecture next week at Shiloh Museum. This is Becca Martin-Brown, the Features Editor for the Northwest Arkansas Democrats Gazette. Thank you for listening.